everyone wants to stay on trend, right? Tailwind's 2022 design trends for social media include font pairings, color palettes, and motifs, all available for use inside of Tailwind. Use the report that I'm linking inside of the show notes to help you navigate your social media and keep your social posts looking so fresh. I use Tailwind to keep my Pinterest on point, and so can you. You can also use it to design inside of Tailwind and schedule social media for your social media platforms. Head on over to the show notes to check out Tailwind's 2022 design trends for social media. This is the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. Do you know what your brand's signature style is? Well, I got you covered. Take the 60 second style quiz on our website at collegeofstyle.com forward slash style dash quiz. Once you're done, you'll get a breakdown of who your style icon is, a very cool discount code on working with me and College of Style to help bring out what your signature style is and make it work for you. So visit our website today at collegeofstyle.com forward slash style dash quiz to take the quiz now. You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra Colton-Medici. Follow on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Dr. Sandra Colton-Medici. You can listen to select episodes of the podcast live on Fireside and learn about upcoming course announcements, coaching programs, working one-on-one with Sandra, and new template releases by visiting collegeofstyle.com. Find digital marketing strategies and social media updates on Sandra's Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash college of style. Join Sandra on TikTok, Pinterest, and Twitter at College of Style and subscribe today to Sandra's newsletter. It's called Link in Bio and you can find it on LinkedIn to learn more about links that make you click. This is your personal invitation to join Sandra's community at collegeofstylecommunity.com today. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Pipes with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me on the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. My name is Dr. Sandra Coltimadisi, and today I have a special guest for you. On episode 75, Professor Dr. Jonathan A.J. Wilson will be joining us for the interview. He's a branding expert and public speaker, and we are going to be talking more about branding in social media in 2022 and how to up-level your business. Professor Wilson has spent over 20 years in the industry and academia, especially in what he calls the ABCDs of business and culture. They stand for advertising, branding, communications, and digital. He's a multi-award-winning academic and partner of the London firm Dragonfly Black, and he has over 200 pieces of work and spoken at over 100 conferences around the globe. He has a degree in chemistry, an MBA in business, a PhD in branding, and is the editor-in-chief of the Journal of Islamic Marketing. His work and opinions have received media coverage from Harvard Business Review, BBC, 
Forbes, Huffington Post, Thomson Reuters, The Economist, The Guardian, The Times, ITV, Sky News, and so many more. You do not want to miss the interview. So stay tuned. I'm so excited to announce that the Style to the Nines group coaching program will open the beta group on May 1st. Yes, May 1st. Sign up for my newsletter at collegeofstyle.com forward slash newsletter to get first access to the program at a significantly discounted investment of $300 for the six-week program. It has been created to give you design plus strategy instruction to build, nurture, and grow your social media presence. The program begins the week of June 1st So sign up right now for the newsletter to get first access to Styled to the Nines. Have you seen the new ad for Skims? Oh my goodness. It looks like Kim Kardashian has recruited Tyra Banks, Alessandra Ambrosio, Candice Limpool, and Heidi Klum to be in her new campaign for Skims. Now, I know that they have so many really cool items in their portfolio, but one of the ones that you should take a look at is the Boyfriend. Comfy, perfectly oversized loungewear inspired by your boyfriend's favorite teas and tanks. Click on the link in my show notes to see more. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Um, I am welcoming in to the Sweet Bites with Sandra family of podcast guests, Dr. Jonathan Wilson, the professor, and you are in London. Is that right? Yeah, I'm in London. Okay, so let's start off with just just going, and you can give me the short synopsis because you have a very wide and vast experience of life so far, and you're rather young. Um, so, and you can see a few things in the background if you're looking on the video, but if you are just listening solely to the podcast, he's got guitars, he's got an amp, he's got a neon sign that says Prof Wilson. So professor, tell me a little bit more about your journey so far. Dr. Sandra, I love that you said that I'm young. Um, Cause I'm nearly 50. That is young, <laughs> that is young oh, these days. Oh, bless you. <laughs> Um, So I've had long enough to try lots of careers and to make mistakes and to reframe them as being uh, strategic career moves. So um, I've been working in London since about 1998 and I I moved to London to start my career in advertising. And I was running that at the same time as being a professional musician. And then a couple of things happened in my life where I thought uh, I wanted something that was a bit more, uh, should we say serious? I thought there's more to life than baselines and and ad campaigns. And I discovered academia as an outlet for my kind of deeper thinking and and wanting to make a difference and further up that kind of pipe of change where you think that you can get people to think differently and inspire the next generation. So, you know, I've been an academic since about 2005. Uh, Since then I've acquired, acquired, I earned two doctorates. I've published a lot of articles. And I've written about everything from branding to management to culture, music, sport, religion. And I'm trying to live the dream, which is kind of, you know, research stuff, write about stuff, speak about stuff, teach stuff. And if there was an image I wanted to paint, it would be kind of like, I think there are two film characters that spring to mind. Batman, who had that moment when he thought, okay, I need to change my life. I'm not rich like Batman, but, you know, I do like to hide from time to time and also Indiana Jones. So I'd kind of call myself Indiana John because I remember in the first movie, he was in a classroom and then he went to the jungle 
and he went to these ancient ruins and he had to kind of rescue these artifacts. So I kind of feel like Indiana John and that's kind of me. I love it. And I think that there, if you pull back the layers, you can read his bio on his LinkedIn page and you will see that he's being very, very humble uh, about all of his uh, experiences and how they've kind of shaped your perspective. I know that you mentioned um, in in a very, you know, you've spoken around the world and at a lot of different conferences and obviously in your classroom. Um, and I've seen some of these pictures of your, of your, I was about to say your kids, your students who just love you. Um, and so what exactly about being in the classroom setting excites you when you when it comes to kind of talking about branding and and communication so I think it was going past the stage of learning what it meant to be an educator because it doesn't come naturally it's been a lot of hard work and so I understood what it was to be a practitioner working in industry managing people but then in the classroom it's really easy to acquire the robes and inherit generations of kind of indoctrination into a way of educating and so I did take a step back and think okay I've been very lucky and there are lots of things that I haven't planned but it, when I reflected it was like what are all of those negative experiences in education and let's look at it that way actually because we've been kind of really positive but there have been forks in the road which have taken me down a different pathway where I didn't feel that I fitted in or it was the right thing to do so if we look at it another way, it's like classrooms are difficult for me. So I'm gonna channel all of that energy into sport and do really well at sport. Or sport is difficult for me uh, because of racism or things like that. So I'm going to spit 16 bars into a microphone and play loud, aggressive music. And, and that's my catharsis. But if I went all the way back to, you know, as a lot of people do when you're a child and they say, what do you want to do? And you probably want to be a surgeon and a firefighter and a rock star and, and an elite athlete all at the same time. So I'm a bit old now to do all of those things, but I thought like in my own way, what would that look like? And that therefore was the, the penny drop moment, which is if I want to practice what I preach, how would I have loved to have been educated? And so rather than you know, some colleagues lock the door, some colleagues exclude, some colleagues say you won't get a job or in my day, it wasn't like this. If you do this, then you'll lose marks. It was inspiring people to think positively, which is, I don't exclude anybody. If you turn up, then, you know, open your mouth, come correct. Give me your best 16 bars. Try and, you know, try and roast me. Literally, I, I will accept all of those things and creating that environment where it's like, okay, no, not what's the pass mark, but how much can I get to get as close to full marks as possible? And I think that that vibe has then spread that, you know, especially after the first marks that you give and they see that there's a full range of marks, but everybody passed, um, trust is really high. And from that, encouraging people to come out of their skin. And that's everything from everyday occurrences, uh, talking about issues of race. So, encouraging, for example, white people to say they're seemingly embarrassing things that they might have said and, and it wasn't received well, but, but being a trusted safe place where people can express them and debating in a way that universities are supposed to be designed for. And I think it's that positive vibe. And then throw into that, you know, 
that they can talk about Virgil Abloh and his Louis Vuitton collection and Goldie and drum and bass and jizzer and liquid swords. And they can talk about sport and cancel culture and, you know, how many followers on Instagram do you need to be a real human being? And can you have more followers than you have people that you follow? And not ducking questions, no matter how trivial, frivolous, uh, trash culture or difficult they are. I mean, there was so much in your answer there that um, you have to rewind this podcast to listen to that one more time. <laughs> but I do want to talk about something that you kind of mentioned at the end there, which which is, um, you know, how many followers do you need to have on Instagram to be considered a real person or even to be considered worthy of following, right? There are so many people who have bots following them. I recently deleted 2,500 bots who were following me on Instagram. And I felt so good about that because I'm like, I actually think everyone who follows me now on Instagram is real. Now, whether or not they actually are real in real life, who knows? Um, but I do want to move into talking about attention seeking. And mm. we talk about branding ourselves. And we had a very brief conversation that I'm going to uh, mention now, which is before we got on talking about the branded sign in your background. So if you are listening to listening to this only, he has a Prof Wilson uh, neon, it looks like neon teal from where I'm sitting. Um, I can change the color. I've got all, <laughs> it can go red, it can go orange, it can go green. Oh. He's so ready. Um, so it is in the background. He has branded his entire web online presence um, so that nobody can say they don't know who they're talking to, right? So when you thought about doing that, um, what kind of came to your, to, to your mind? You can just rehash the story that we talked about earlier. So step number one, I realized that video calls are boring for most people in, in the professional services space, in the university space. And I was adamant that I wanted it to be larger than life because it shouldn't be second choice. Uh, because my career as a musician was, well, you know, if you listen to an album, um, it's not supposed to be second choice to, uh, for example, seeing somebody live. We don't have that mindset. It's just an alternative media format. So I thought if video is an alternative media format, what would that be like? And then that made me think, get a good microphone because your voice has to sound good, better than in an echoey hall some, somewhere. Uh, visually, it has to be arresting and, and pleasant. So I kind of explored that. And even like with my online lectures during lockdown with the pandemic, I hacked into Zoom and MS Teams and I got a sound effects board to work on the call. I haven't got it plugged in in a minute, but um, I could do canned laughter, air horns, uh, applause, jingles, um, so that it was more like a radio show, because I, I learned a lot from looking at radio DJs who have to talk for long periods of time. But collectively, I started to realize that, that this kind of video call is a window that can really communicate a fuller range of your brand attributes than when you have an intro and you're like, oh, my name is Professor Wilson and I studied here and I like this. Whereas for those of you that are watching, you'll see um, I'm wearing bright clothes. So if I tell you I'm a branding professor, it makes sense unconsciously. You're like, oh, branding is about standing out, loud colors. Okay, I get it, right? So you try to make sense of those things. I have a ton of books 
that I've read and they're in the background. So you think, okay, he is a man of knowledge. I have guitars because I was a musician. I have amplifiers and and uh, paintings from different cultures and statues from, from my travels. So rather than say I went to 40 countries and I was a musician and, you know, there's a real risk that people go, yeah, whatever, you're talking too much. Um, you can just see for yourself a thousand words are not as powerful as a image and your screen is presenting an image on this video call. But the neon sign, yeah, I was feeling kind of retro and neon. And maybe it's those cold nights and dark days. And I thought, let me get some neon. And, and then, as most people do, you look for the sign that you want to communicate an attribute, whether that's love or, you know, don't worry, or everything's going to be all right, or the cat, or any of those things. And then I thought, hold up a minute. If I was Tom Ford, what would I do? I wouldn't get a cat neon sign. I would get a sign with my name because Tom Ford, when he created his own brand, called it Tom Ford. So I thought I'm going to get my name, Wilson. And then I thought I should get Professor Wilson because being a person of color, and there's research to back this up, it's a wider issue, more often than not, for, for underrepresented groups, for people of color, for women, um, people consciously or unconsciously omit titles and qualifications. So if I have Prof Wilson as a neon sign, you can't say that you didn't know. So if you call me Mr. Wilson, like I know that that's a conscious decision because my sign is, is loud and proud in the background. So it was really that thinking to really kind of hammer home in a vibrant and powerful way. This is who I am and this is how I'm occupying that space. And I remember hearing this term I think it was in blackish, right? It's like, I'm a black face in a white space. And I wanted to, to really signal that. But beyond the neon and the bright colors and, and all of the artifacts, you know that there are two things that you have to do. You have to be able to maintain that level. And that's how you build a brand and you develop your reputation. It's not a gimmick. This is real. So for me, when I looked at people that inspire me, whether that's Jimi Hendrix, or Bob Marley, or Muhammad Ali, or people like that. It's like, this person is not relenting. They are not stopping. They really are arresting, and they're doing it again and again and again, despite what we throw at them. And so I wanted to kind of embody that, rather than focus too much on calling out and cancelling, but just leading by example. So simply being alive and testifying and being around long enough, that's really important. And also, once you've arrested people's uh, attention, then you can you can open them up and show them your real skills. So it's not just all about afros and guitars and, and neon. It's like, can I give you those truth pills, those drops of knowledge, those nuggets that I believe that I have that make me different and separate me, whether that's going into depth or or giving people, as I see it, you know, the real response not ducking questions, as I mentioned before, I, I will go in there and go hard in the paint and I will do those things. And, and so all of those things come together. So if you think that it's just about getting an Afro and, and a loud track top, nah, you get people for two seconds, but you'll lose the audience if you don't back it up. And so I think that that's, yeah, that's kind of my, my brand thinking approach that you're thinking about things in advance, thinking what do people probably think or what could they think? 
And one of the, the things that I'd learned from as well was that early on in my career, you're told that in order to get a quote unquote good job or a proper job, you have to fit in. Now, I call that the kind of business school butler approach where you're never the life and soul of the party, but you have impeccable manners, you're well turned out, and you know how to serve people. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but it is a bad thing if you've gone to university and spent all that money to learn how to, to wait upon people. And even if I'm to be completely real and truthful, when I had shorter hair and a gray suit and I was impeccably dressed, I have been to conferences where people handed me their glass thinking that I was a waiter. So <laughs> I thought to myself, the, 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 the rocker in me thought, that, and, and that's why rock stars dress very differently. Uh, so I do intentionally dress differently because it pleases me. And I know that it does wind some people up and freak them out. But by holding that line and people seeing, but he's not getting turned away, he's still here. He still has his voice and he's being invited to speak and share those views. I think those things collectively, if you can push through the barbed wire and mud, that are green pastures. So let's do it. All those people listening, yes. do it. <laughs> do it. Well, so you mentioned in, in what you were just saying about the visual being one of the most important aspects of branding um, and how it cannot necessarily replace, uh, you know, text. So when you are thinking about, and I sent you a few questions in advance about this particular topic. So um, in your work, you have spoken about selective attention. Mm. And I wanted to know your opinion on the really big push and the drive for short form video. TikTok, Reels, YouTube Shorts are the most prime examples right now. Obviously, Pinterest has uh, idea pins that are a little bit in the similar vein. Um, but as creators are doing this, a lot of them are burning out. So, And I think small business owners at the same time are very overwhelmed by being the creator and being the business owner. Um, and so what is your opinion about the balance and prioritization for creators and for the consumers of all of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense because you're a doctor <laughs> <laughs> and you know how to break things down. I think it's very interesting because we, we've entered a new era where immediacy, real time, all the time is a thing. And, and so it is a roller coaster ride that if you can stay on it longer than anybody else, you will win right? It is a white knuckle ride, but the chances of fallout are quite high. So if we look at it another way, imagine, you know, you're a comedian and previously comedians would have a stand-up routine, everything from the heckles and the comebacks that they've rehearsed and they put together a show and then they go on tour. And when they put on a show, they know that there are certain cities that they can't go back to again until they've got new material because they they gave that show and so so the race is okay i'm going to go up and down the country and obviously this is an analog right but you're you, you're giving the jokes and it's harder than the musician because the musician has a song that everyone says hey play that song again years and years and years later the comedian has one chance and really has to make it work you make the joke you say it and if you say it again then you're slipping right so the challenge is that for creators on these um, 
ephemeral platforms and these kind of short uh, bursts of creativity, it's a bit more like being a stand-up comedian, but you're having to be funny all of the time. And I, I love and respect the fact that you're going out there with a very brave mindset, which is I'm infinitely creative and I'm gonna do this day after day after day on anything and everything in as short amount of time as possible. I'm really gonna nail it. And they're fantastic people. The challenge is whether you can do that, like if it takes you, and for some influencers, I've interviewed them with like millions of followers, it can take like six years before you really start to kind of shine. So you can do it for six years, but can you do it for 12? Once you, you, you hit that peak, how does that work? And for some of these creators, we don't know yet is, is the honest answer. They might then have to pivot and go into something else because I don't know if your audience would want to see you uh, for 12 years. In the same way as musicians have an album and there are very few that, that navigate those changes. If you're David Bowie, fine. But for a lot of artists, you know, like, even like you think about something that's really embedded in popular culture, the old school hip hop, hip hop, the boom bap hip hop of the 90s of my era, there are some killer MCs who've even adapted their style. You know, there's one or two like Buster Rhymes that have come out with style after style after style. But then, you know, verse for verse, line for line, do you want to see Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole? Or do you want to see the Jizza? You know, you know, or some of some of these old or black thoughts. I mean, black thought is is freestyling for 10 minutes solid. And I love him. But most of the time he's on Jimmy Fallon doing little jingles. He's not being given the status that I think he deserves. And it's through no fault of his own, but it's through popular culture then saying that there's a generation of people who want some young cats spitting bars. They want some mumble rap or whatever it is that's floating your boat. It's just the way that things go, right? So this is a challenge for creators as to how you pivot and, and how you manage that. And so what I would say is to avoid the burnout. Like there are a number of things you can do. Like if I put my kind of academic hat on and my business speak in project management, there's a triangle where we talk about balancing time, quality and cost, right? And, and that's really the, the barometer. So if you're doing these shorts, uh, you're doing it on your smartphone. You don't have a big film crew. It's great if you can make it work. And that's why they're being swooped up, scooped up to do TV adverts um, and, and short clips uh, because it's cheap, it's efficient, it's effective, and it's powerful. And it, it's, getting, it's getting those likes. Um, but then if you look at it from another context of time, quality, and cost, how much time are you going to dedicate to this if it's not turning over cash for you? Yeah. Or if we look at cost, what is the cost? Um, are you spending more money than you make? Yeah. Are you getting yourself into debt? Uh, is there a physical debt? Like, you know, is your health suffering? Is there an emotional debt where you feel drained and unable to be creative in the way that you want it to be? And so my advice would be that, yeah, it's easy saying play the long game. Uh, but the long game for me is really important. And you will become better yourself at kind of self-medicating and managing what is the just right for you. How much time do you want to dedicate to this until you see a reason to increase, but then you can also decrease. And the increase is that it's making you happier. It's making you more money. It's getting you more standout, but that might not be a continual thing. And I think that's when people burn out, which is that they feel duty bound to do something like, you know, the, the creator that says, I promise, give you content every day.
And after 365 days, they go and burn out. And then there's the video that basically says, this is why I was wrong. And it's about your mental health and well-being. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful in that way, but sometimes you can see those patterns and then they change, but then they've lost a load of followers and then people don't want to hear those stories. And then there's, it's like, how do you pivot? So I think looking at the, the signs within different industries and different professionals and talking to people older than you and, and getting away from the technology, how have they managed their careers? And what did they have to do? And I'm very into that. So don't think about the obvious, which is, hey, okay, you don't know about TikTok because you're like 80, but I do sit with octogenarian professors and ask them like, you know, what is it like, you know, how did you get where you got to and, and how do you manage this? And, and, and you can get some really powerful advice. So I would say that to content creators, which is don't take the world on your shoulders. Uh, sure, I get it that you've got followers that you have to keep happy in a way that creators never had before because if you were Jay-Z, you, you would apply the law of scarcity. You follow nobody on social media or there are loads of people that follow nobody and that's the gangster move, right? But then there are other people who are caught in this loop of, if I follow more people than are following me, I'm not a thought leader. Yeah, I'm a follower. Uh, but this is dangerous ground. We know that on a base level, people might think that, but it's, it is short-termism. And if you're only, you know, once you, you rise, if you're only doing things to make other people happy, then there is a cost. There's definitely a cost. And, and you might lose your sparkle or shine. But I, I get it, because there are some people that if they said, I'm going to take a month break, they lose their stats, they lose their rankings, they lose their endorsement deals. Um, so my advice to those people is, think about a different business model other than monetizing content creation. Or if it's content creation, a longer form of content which can last for longer and can potentially make you more money. So talk to documentary makers, talk to filmmakers, talk to people that do like, you know, dramas and, and series and stuff like that and find out how they're able to kind of manage that. Because there are other people. I mean, look at the writers for Friends. How many seasons do they do and how many episodes? And, and I'd, I'd want to kind of pick the brains of those sorts of people. Um, I think, you know, I don't know if you think that's good advice or that's just an old man talking for too long. No, I, I mean, it's an interesting way to think about that is that it isn't just about the short form video, which I actually was just talking about live shopping and kind of the formula that, you know, on Amazon Live and on TikTok Live that they kind of give you is two hours is a good amount of time. Too short is you're not going to get a lot of views, right? But what I, I put out as a video on YouTube was use your two hours to your advantage so that you can then repurpose that two hours into those short form videos so that you're getting a longer piece of content, which is exactly what you are talking about. Not that live shopping is a documentary. <laughs> it is of sorts, but <laughs> um, it could be documenting or documenting some amazing skills that you have to sell. Um, or some of my um, live shopping have, have gone um, sideways <laughs> where there are items dropping and, you know, children running through. So that's a whole other kind of uh, live shopping experience. Another one is about uh, the metaverse, because I, I want to know what you think about this. So when you see 
brands evolving? I know a lot of fashion brands have kind of jumped into what Web3 might be and NFTs and different kinds of wearable tech and things like that. So where do you see the metaverse going and how brands can really evolve their own spirit and be able to bring their consumers with them? Hmm. So if we go on the assumption that the metaverse is safe, right because we've seen early examples where people have been sexually harassed in a very horrible way on their first experience in the metaverse and we know that you know the internet and all of these platforms give and they also take some things away um, so let's go on the assumption that that it's a safe place um you really can go in a couple of directions you know one direction is that it's an opportunity on another platform to really amplify in a very rich way, what it is that you're about and what you do. And you can really drill down and, and then immerse people in this world that, that, that you are in control of and you're in control of far more factors and you can be more creative. The other approach is that you actually show a different side. So, you know, you might be able to bring both sides together and, and people have been doing that for years in the sense of like, you know, the early days of chat, you have an avatar which looks completely different to the way that you do and it's uh, a projection of a facet of your personality so i could see some quote-unquote boring brands being a little bit cooler and funkier in the metaverse and, and being able to bring those things together and, and to share more stories and more narratives from a, a broader base of the community because as we expand the platforms for content creation and information is coming from all over the place uh, through the power of search, uh, through the power of, of multi-layered storytelling, you can show more people than in that analog world where there is a billboard in a neighborhood or there is a television commercial in a particular spot. You've got people appearing and disappearing and, and they can share their journeys and their stories. And so I think it's really powerful and potentially very cost-effective because I'm assuming that the virtual world is, is far more cost-effective than the real world, in the same way as video calls are in comparison to, to assembling people face-to-face. -face. So yeah, intergenerational stuff, intersectional stuff, different races, communities, tribes gathering together and interacting, and that being more rich and cost-effective. Of course, there is something that you lose, which is the real human element. And I remember giving an interview to the Wall Street Journal Funnily enough, it was about um, people going to pilgrimage to Mecca. So Muslims going on Hajj. And I made the point, which is it's great. It's great educationally. It's great in terms of friendship bonds. But my analogy was, it's like learning how to swim in the sea. If you swim in the sea, physically, it's cold. It's, there are waves and it's salty. Uh, and you have to learn how to deal with that. But if you do it in the virtual world, hey, swimming's fun. Like, you know, it's not salty. It's not cold. It's not wet, you know, and, and you can do it time and time again. So, yeah, you've got to think about those parameters and bring them together. But if you look past them, there are great opportunities. Yeah. Well, you mentioned something that um, brought to mind um, the Duolingo mascot who is kind of killing it on TikTok. So you mentioned that people in the metaverse are, or, or I guess in the chat world were putting forth a different kind of avatar than themselves. And it reminded me of the Duolingo mascot and how 
it's not necessarily a person. It's kind of like when you think about the Geico Gecko, right? Like when that Geico Gecko goes into the metaverse, people will know that that's Geico, right? And so the transition may be easier for businesses who already have that kind of mascot already established versus creating a, a new um you know, to walk into the metaverse and kind of introduce. Now the introduction may be fun if they're, you know, a Fendi or a Prada and bringing in some sort of new um, element like that. But when you think about um, what you've talked about before, which is create, curate, and culminate, um, what is the ultimate secret sauce that a brand really needs to like kill it in the game right now? Okay, if, if I was to set homework, the brand that I love at the minute is Marvel. Study Marvel. Genius. Because you've gone from comics to movies and, and, and even when you've killed off characters in movies, you've had a metaverse and a parallel universe where you've reimagined what if Captain America wasn't Steve Rogers and it was Agent Carter and all of those things. And you've brought life into Star Wars with the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett and you're constantly bringing in characters. And, and I use Marvel because superheroes are larger than life, right? And, and to exist and to brand yourself, brands are trying to be larger than life. They are amplified um, entities with, with these powerful attributes looking to save the world and to do like, you know, powerful things. So I love how Marvel has pivoted and, and gone into these spaces and created more characters than you thought were possible. And, there seem to be infinite opportunities in various types of form and content. Now, look at Marvel and then think, how could you do the same with your brand or your business, even if it is professional services, even if it is, you know, um, fast food or something like that? Like, how could you imagine what you would be like in the future in different dimensions or to different audiences uh, to unlock your kind of creative and innovative thinking? And then you can use content creation to work in tandem because it is about products, it's about services, but it's also about promotion. Uh, and I think that often we have these invisible handcuffs where we take things off the table too early and saying it's not what we do. Uh, but, but those great brands like Marvel, like Google that was just a white page search engine, like Apple that, that wasn't the Apple that we know now that's involved in music and media because Apple Records was the, the record label owned by the Beatles. Um, you know, there, there are those examples that we can see where this is happening. And I could quite easily see that from those top brands, whether that's Nike or Adidas, you know, in a few years time, they could have hotels. I could quite easily see that happening. And I think Seth Godin mentioned that if you imagine Nike having a hotel, you kind of know what it would look like. I could see Ikea having a hotel with its own furniture. Um, so the challenge would be for your brands, for those of you that are listening and watching, what does that future look like? Because probably with technology, with automation, with a bunch of economic factors, um, things are going to change in your lifetime. So if they do, how are you best placed to still be able to make money and save money in 5, 10, 20 years time? And that's something that I was really interested in because even as an educator, that's kind of what got me into wanting to do the things like talk to you today. Because I thought if I'm not careful, I will be replaced. And I will be replaced as a professor by the follower 
sorry, the, the influencer with millions of followers because you want to learn branding from them because they have millions of followers and they'll be employed by universities because they'll be able to bring some of their followers onto campus. Or we look at masterclass and you've got A-list celebrities telling you how to produce or how to act or how to hostage negotiate and, and all those sorts of things. It's very hard for us to compete. And if we don't learn the skills that they have, then we might be relegated to those people that write the scripts for those people. A bit like television newsreaders, right? I'm sure that they're all smart and intelligent people, but there are people behind that are writing those words for them. So as an educator, I didn't want to be relegated. I wanted to remain in the room, as we said in the beginning, you know, inspiring people, because that's the bit that I enjoy the most. So I had to think about how I upskill. And, and so for those of you out there that, that don't content create, even experiment with your kids and just film stuff, edit it, add music, add subtitles, use the auto speech generation functions, because at some stage, those skills straight to market will be really useful. Um, and don't wait too long to do it. Yes, those are very good words of advice. And I actually think when you were talking about hotels, I think Taco Bell had a hotel at one point. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> um, but that is a great way to end um, is don't wait to do it. Um, and we're just adding a little bit of Nike in at the end there. Um, but I do think that as you move forward, take these nuggets and re- play them because there are so many that he just dropped during this entire interview and follow him on social media and on his LinkedIn profile. I am continuously saying this because I think LinkedIn is like the sleeper here. I don't know about you, but it is the sleeper because people who are on it and who are um, in the comments and posting regularly are getting traction. Um, and that's not traction from people who just want clout. It is traction from people who are making business decisions. Um, so I, I highly uh, uh, recommend that you get on there and uh, follow Professor Jonathan Wilson, and also myself. So have a really good day. I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, go ahead, Professor. Dr. Sandra is amazing. She has a calming voice. She's educated and articulate. And I am so grateful for this opportunity to be able to just share what goes on in my head. So bless you in abundance always. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And as I always say, we'll see you on the next one. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at sandracoltamedici.com. Include in the subject line, be a sponsor.